Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. You are your business and your business is you. Am I right? Do you agree? I think so many business owners have felt this way at one point or another or multiple times in their business life. Your business is your baby and it can feel hard to separate yourself from it. This can be a really great thing, right? But it also sometimes can be your worst enemy, your worst nightmare. So I think it's really vital to learn how to separate yourself from your business so that you can view things from outside of your own goldfish bowl, from outside of your own bubble. Like imagine we could take the perspective of how does a potential client view our business? Or what about how do potential employees view our business or an investor even? Today I'm chatting with Hayley Benton. Now Hayley is a multiple business owner and entrepreneur extraordinaire and she is going to share with us her expertise on owning a business, businesses, plus how you can excel as at business ownership. Please meet my good dear friend Hayley Benton. Hayley, I'm really excited to have you on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, hi. How are you doing? So you're on the other side of the world in the UK having a coffee while I'm on in New Zealand having my glass of wine for the evening. <laughs> Something that has been a challenge for our friendship the whole time is getting together <laughs> for a wine. <laughs> Real struggle. All right. So for those that don't know who you are, why don't you give us a little bit of a bird's eye view into who you are, what you do. You're. Um, I was saying to you before that just introducing you as a salon owner just does not do you justice. You're a multiple business owner, uh, an entrepreneur at heart. So why don't you give us a little bit of a bird's eye view into what you do and all the different types of businesses that you have. Sure. Um, so yeah, so I live in the UK, but I'm a, a Kiwi. I've lived here for about 13 years now. Um, always loved business uh, right from the start, you know, um, business studies at school and um, just I started off with an underwear company doing personalized underwear. That was my first business. But um, so I just knew from that sort of moment that I just wanted to, to keep going. So anything that I look at and think it can make money, I, I will jump on. Um, so essentially uh, at the moment I'm doing about six businesses. Uh, they're my core um, main businesses. So I actually have two businesses in New Zealand, which are nothing to do with salons. They are a signage and events company. Um, and so that's uh, like light up letters um, and events. Um, we actually hire out portable mini golf. Um, <laughs> and then we've got a, a signage company as well, you know, for shop signage. Um, then here in the UK, uh, I my background is um, sort of tech tech uh, geek, I suppose. Um, so I developed a website about four or five years ago called Pamperpad, which is the trip advisor of the beauty industry. And we have about 8,000 hair and beauty salons on it now uh, and mobile hair and beauty. And yes, yeah, so essentially we're 
we're growing that to be that hub that everyone can go to for, for trusted reviews. Um, and then I've got a couple of other bits and pieces I do, like I, I've got some consult, uh, you know, some consulting for a company in the US, and so I speak to them a couple of times a week, uh, and in Australia. And then I've got my three and my three babies that I just love, which are, are my salons, um, clinics, and a, um, a, a beauty like day spa. Um, so they're the trio that I'm really trying to grow, and for global domination, that's my ultimate goal. With those three, because uh, they work, they work quite well together. Um, so one's called Alchemy and I, which is the hair salon. One's called Cecily Day Spa, and the newest one is a skin clinic called Koha, uh, which in Maori means gift. I love it, and I love that uh, you're pulling all of it off, and you're pulling it all off successfully. And it's such an inspiration to me that um, you can have an idea step forward into doing it and you know make it come to life and for the time that i've known you over the last i guess four or five years um i've seen you do some amazing things so i thought i have to come <laughs> i have to have you on the podcast and inspire some of these people that you can do it all but in saying that you need to have your ducks in a row to do that it's something that you're very good at is that something that you naturally good at or is that a skill that you've learned to sort of project manage multiple things yeah I, you've just got to um you've got to try and structure it I, I say that but i'm um you know terrible at the same time but i i think the biggest thing is i just try and extend my day like i literally get up at 5 30 every morning if i get up at six i feel bad about it and i just keep <laughs> going i don't have a lunch break i don't look at the time it's just you know just get it done um and I think, you know, so many people try and have that sort of work-life balance, whereas I just roll it all into one. Work is life and life is work. Yeah, because I enjoy it. Absolutely. I hear you. So one of the things that um, particularly inspired me to invite you to come and chat to us is this topic of feeling intimidated to talk about our own products and our own business and businesses and putting ourselves out on the map mm. but without it uh without it we can't sell a secret without it if, you know i, I kind of think it like if we are not talking at a, about our business nobody else is <laughs> like if we're yeah. the leader of the business and we can't present to ourselves out to the world what hope do we have because nobody else is going to do it right absolutely yeah you've got to believe in it so, We've got to believe in it, absolutely. So I know that uh, something that you're particularly good at is creating a story around your business. So tell us a little bit about that and what's been your inspiration to to that. Yeah, I think um, that is that is probably one of the hardest things I've had to learn is just being confident in yourself and about what you're what you're creating. And um, it's just so hard because when you're talking about your business. I, I take it quite personally. My business is my personal brand, you know, that, um, so everything that I do, I've put my name to it. So you can get, um, I don't know, a little bit defensive over yourself, but you can also, because you don't sit there talking about yourself all the time to people. Well, I, I don't, and you certainly <laughs> don't. So you've got to, you've got to, you've got to be humble at the same time. So I think when you're talking about your business, sometimes it can come across like you feel like you're talking about yourself, but you're actually not. You've got to separate the two. 
because you have to think of it like a business that you're, you know, you, you've just found this business and you're really excited about it. But um, so it's basically telling the story. If you've got the story, everything else is going to flow. But, you you know, if you're just thinking about what you're going to say all the time, it's, it's never going to work. And you're just going to, you know, sort of stumble when someone's asking you a question about it. Um, so I think you've got to start with the story. Why did you do it? So um, I, I'm a big believer in that. Why? Why are we always doing anything? Um, what's the end result? And um, one of my favorite um, podcasters, um, authors, Simon Sinek, he's, he's all about the why. So he says people buy why, not what. And I, I sort of try and live by that a lot, I think. Um, but I've always done that. Just I didn't realize um, what it was until until I uh, heard from him. <laughs> it's always about that why. Um, and I think it makes it much easier to talk about yourself or your business. Yeah, and I think you, um, you said it quite well, you know, if you are – look at it, the business a little bit more objectively, even though from the inside you are your business, your business is you, it's an extension of yourself, It's your brand is your personality and, and vice versa. But if we can separate ourselves from it a little bit and look at, at the business objectively, we can talk about it a little more objectively and get in touch with the story. Would that be a fair comment? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. And um, as I say, it is personal. Um, and I do think business should be personal because – you want it to be a success and you want yourself to be a success. And that's where it sort of gets intertwined with that business personal, um, you know, relationship with yourself as such. Yeah. And isn't it hard to separate yourself from that? Completely. To be, you know, to, yeah. And to look at your business, I guess, from outside of the goldfish bowl and look at it from, from the eyes of the customer or from the eyes of the client, because it's quite a different point of view, I think. Yeah, and you've got to be prepared to sort of look at your own strengths and weaknesses as well. And I think that's hard because it's almost like if someone says something bad about your business or they had a bad experience, you take it really personally. And I think that's a really good thing and a really bad thing at the same time. But you've got to harness the good out of that because mm -hmm. um, you're going to do something about it because you do take it personally. Whereas you might not do that if you're actually working for you know another, another company. You're actually more passionate to try and fix it. Mm, mm. So let's take it down to a tactical. If we think about storytelling and a why, um, mm. what's one of your businesses that you've got to – I mean, I know they all have a why, and I know some of them, but do you want to share one of them? Just choose one and, and tell us yeah. a little bit about your why and how that's come across in the brand. Um, so well, actually one that's extremely close to my heart um, is Koha, so the skin clinic that I launched um, a couple months ago. Um, I literally, I'm very homesick all the time. You know, it's, um, <laughs> I, I love New Zealand. I love my home. And it's just, I'm in the UK because that's, you know, where my work and my life is. But, um, so New Zealand is a big part of me. And I sort of, um, looked at a few things when I was trying to name the skin clinic and I really wanted it to be something about New Zealand. And, um, so yeah, so that's where I came up with Koha and, um, skin clinics and, the whole story of, of it that we tell all of the patients that come in is that it's, um, you know, pure and natural aesthetics. That's what the feel was meant to be. You're meant to come in and feel like it's not a clinic. It's not medical. You just like, like, like we look at the New Zealand landscape, you know, it's just, it's just beautiful. It's just natural. Um, and so essentially that's, 
how I created it. I themed every room, you know, um, I'm actually here now and I'm sitting in the waiting room and I've got the Wanaka tree um, there and you know, I, I've tried to put loads of ferns around the place and it just, fit, to me, it feels like home, but actually to the patients, it feels, um, it's got that cool vibe and it's um, it feels more natural than a, going to a, a proper medical clinic, even though it is a medical clinic with doctors and uh, you know nurses. Um, it just has got a different vibe, and the and the treatment rooms don't look too medical. I've got uh, you know tui birds on on one wall, and so it's it looks clean, pure, natural, but um, we you know we we do some special services here too, which aren't pure and natural. <laughs> <laughs> and I encourage you, if you're listening, to go and uh, go and have a look at Haley's business. Like that, aesthetically, it's outstanding. Really, it's a gorgeous space, and you really have taken it to the next level. But I like that non-local people can can step out of their world and into something different. It really is like stepping into a new world. Mm. So. Yeah, okay, that's amazing. So one of the other things that you mentioned uh, before we hopped on was um, this idea of pretending like you're an employee. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that. Um, I think when I launched um, PamperPad, which was um, this, this hair and beauty uh, hub as such, I really, really struggled with trying to explain to someone all the different ideas in my head about what I wanted to do. And I think me and you have had many conversations about it <laughs> because there's, there's sometimes there's so much complexity to where you want to go and what you're trying to do with something um, that it can just get completely lost. And I remember sitting in quite a few meetings, you know, in London with some high tech people, high tech investors. And I just lost my, um, I just lost what I was trying to say. It just lost the whole train of thought. Um, and because I couldn't sell it, I couldn't sell me and I couldn't sell what I was trying to do. It was, I got too confused. And um, then someone gave me some advice and they said, why don't you just pretend like you just work for Pamper Pad? And I was like, huh. <laughs> and then the next meeting I went into it, I was like, boom, I know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, and I just tried to not go in there thinking, they're going to look at me as the owner of the company and, you know, question me on this. I just, I just had a totally different outlook on it. So now, um, you know, even with the, the clinics and the salons, I sort of sit, I sit in the corner. I don't come out and be like, hi, I'm the owner. You know, I just talk to people as I would work there. You know, it's, um, it's, it's a totally different mentality. Um, and I think it's, it works really, really well, especially in meetings. Um, you know, it could be a meeting with the bank or anything that you're trying to do. But if you pretend that you actually work for the company and don't look at it as the owner of the business, as that personal thing, um, I think you can sell much better, um, sell yourself and sell the company much better. I really like that because it's kind of like, you know, we are so intertwined, we are so wrapped into our business. And, you know, as we were saying before, you know, it's hard to separate yourself from it. So... <laughs> Switching your point of view is really just little uh, self-brain hacks, isn't it? Mm. It's a little brain hack to help you manage and sell better or to step into doing what you do and, and not making it so personal for the purpose of getting to where you need to go. Yeah, Absolutely. I think that is a great tip. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's, it's just hard as well because I think you feel like you're in the spotlight all the time. Yes. You know, you're the owner of the business and people are looking at you for all the answers and, 
um, you know, that you should know what you're doing. And I just think people stumble when they don't need to. You know, the spotlight's on the business. It doesn't have to be on you. So just sell the business as an employee. I um, remember when I got comfortable with saying to my team, um, I don't know all the answers. And, you know, that was a journey to get to that point because I felt the pressure and the weight of them coming to me for the advice or for the answer or tell me what to do now. And that's a heavy weight to carry sometimes, mm. you know, um, especially mm. if you're new in business or you're coming, you're constantly coming across things that you've never done before. So we don't know mm. all the answers. And I remember when I started to get comfortable with, I don't need to know the answers and I don't have to feel embarrassed about it or I don't have to feel less than. And so I'll still say to my team sometimes, oh, you're asking me like I know all the answers because <laughs> mm. I don't. Let's work it out together. Mm. Let's figure it out together. Like, you know, this is a, this is a problem we can both overcome. Um, and, and on the flip side, what started to happen is that they were more invested in the business because they were part of the decision making. Yeah. So I think it's a good strategy. Definitely. And um, it's important that they share that vision with you. Like I, yeah, I just, they need to know why they're doing it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. If you stay in the function or the tactics too, too much, then they become very robotic mm. and um, there's no life to it. No, no. One of the things that you mentioned a little bit earlier was how we can overcomplicate things sometimes yeah. in our mind. Yeah. Is this Definitely. an entrepreneurial curse maybe? <laughs> I, I think kind it of is. Like, <laughs> um, one of the things I know that you advocate is keeping things simple, simplifying. Yeah, just simplicity. Uh, there's just... And also, you've, some, you've got to think, sometimes you've got so much stuff going on in your head. When you just sort of go, blah, it's too much for someone to take in. Your, your mind as an entrepreneur or, or you know, business owner, it's got so much stuff going on in it. Whereas, you know, you, sometimes you look at your friends or, um, your, you know, acquaintances and they might just have one job. That's all they need to focus on. But you've got home life stuff going on, you've got business stuff, you've got to do this and that, and you've got to be accessible 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's just the way it is. And I think, again, when you're trying to tell someone what you're trying to do, just simplify it because it can, people can get overwhelmed or their brain might not be processing things as fast as yours. And I think that, oh, that's a huge problem that I face because I'm always 100 miles an hour and, you know, I've got, I've got a thousand things I know I need to do. So I need to just stop, take a pause, and just tell that person what they need to hear rather than all the fluff and all the gump that mm. goes with it mm -hmm. in my brain. You just need to, like, I always think less is more. Just, yes. you know, and I, after meetings as well, sometimes I say to some staff, you know, you could have said that, that five-minute or ten-minute spiel that you did could have been in two minutes, you know, because yeah. people switch off. They just switch yeah. off because they stop listening because you, you're too busy fluffing everything up when you could have said a lot less and it could have made more impact. Yeah, yeah. And it's too hard to dissect. I do think um, I really loved what you said, you know, you're way ahead of the game in your mind already and if you're a quick problem solver, as most entrepreneurs are, um, then, you know, we can be well ahead of the game by the time we bring our team in and we're telling them step, you know, seven, eight, nine, whereas actually we were at step one, two, and three, you know, one or two weeks ago. 
and yeah. our minds evolved the, the journey or the process or the or the new whatever it is that we're doing and yeah. we're at step 10 already and it's that discipline to go back to step one and, and bring your team or your investors or your um, business partner or even your life partner you've got to go yeah. back to step one and start back at the beginning and take them on the whole step journey because um, like you say you lose them and all this yeah. stuff and I think also timing is, is the right thing as well. You might have an idea about something, but work it out in your head first before you sort of like blah. I keep saying the word blah because you sometimes just want to get it out, but actually you might confuse people in the process. And then, you know, as a business owner or a manager, you're not actually giving your team the clear direction because you, you sound like you're confused. You need to be clear and concise in what you're saying. So work it out for first and have, you know, all these ideas but sort of streamline it and then tell that person what you're trying to do uh, rather than overwhelming them. Okay, so I want to give a tip. Uh, how do people know that they are uh, overwhelming or doing this blah, as you say, <laughs> dumping, <laughs> dumping all the information? Brain dump. It is a brain, <laughs> brain dump. Yeah. Is it, it's, do you know, it's a bit like we can just view information onto our poor old team. How do you recognize if you're guilty of this? If you are constantly feeling frustrated that the people around you are not getting it, not doing what you want, then probably it's time to stop and take a look at yourself and say, how am I delivering my information and my message? Am I simplifying it for the listener? Would that be fair, mm. Hayley? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, But the, the hardest part is because you might be really excited about something and that's when you're excited, you just go 100 miles an hour and you say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And I think just accepting that you have to be a little bit more calm, process what you're trying to do first. And then, you know, if you can't deliver it in, the, in a concise way, then it, the actual idea is never actually going to get done because you might need that person's help to do it. But they're confused from the start. Um, so you, just acknowledging, it's a really hard thing to acknowledge your weaknesses. That it's really difficult. Um, but if something's not going your way, you've got to look at yourself first. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree. All right. As a multiple business owner, um, what is a quote or a mantra or something that guides you, that get you that, that gets you by on a on a daily, weekly basis that you can share with us? Oh, it's pretty um it's pretty pretty relaxed saying, but I, I literally my favorite saying is um get on the bus or get off it. Um, so I have people on my bus. I am the driver of my bus. And that's, that's how I basically see I've got a really good team, um, really good bunch of people. And, um, so we all know where I'm going is essentially, um, but we're all wanting to go there. You know, we're all dry, you know, helping drive the bus, I suppose. Um, and I would say you've got to be really careful about who you put on that bus. Um, you do not want that person wanting to get off at the next stop. You know, that person that's always looking out the window thinking, I'm going to get off at this stop, or maybe I'll wait for the next one. You need them to stay on the on the bus, enjoying the music, enjoying the team. Um, you know, the ones that get bus sick, get rid of them. You know, you just need to – it's kind of <laughs> like, um, I don't know, I've just got this thing about get on the bus or get off it. You know, um, yeah. you've got a choice, and – if you really truly want to be successful, you can't do it on your own, especially if you're trying to you really go for it. 
Um, so everyone has got to be on the same page as you. Um, but yeah, that's essentially how I live by it. It's, it's the most simple thing in the world. Um, yeah, get on the bus or get off it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So is this is this kind of like does this bubble down to if you're not on the bus, then you exit first? Yeah, I think so because I don't want people to work in there if they don't want to be there. You know, it's yeah. um, it, it's not a good vibe for anyone else. Um, you know, they've they've obviously got their own stuff going on, and and ultimately you've got to do what makes you happy. And if working for someone else doesn't make them happy, then you know you need to um, really assess is that person working for that end goal just like everyone else. Um, and you know, it's the most obvious thing in the world. And sometimes it's hard because you've got, you know, older staff that, um, you know, might be a little bit challenging. Um, but um, you got to you got to try and make them keep, you know, stay on the bus. Yeah, or, it's, or it's hop off or exit or, or, or exit at next stop. <laughs> yeah, get off at the next stop, you know, before you get thrown out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's it's a conundrum I see a lot, Hayley, of people holding on to people or fear of people leaving, but they're behaving so badly. And so I'm really pleased you brought that up because mm. I think – we need to encourage people that it's okay for people to get off your bus. Again, it's not too personal. I know we're inside our own goldfish bowl, but actually uh, don't take it personally. If people yeah. aren't there, then they're not there anyway, so you might as well kick them off the bus. <laughs> yeah, and, you, and you're doing them a favour. They're clearly not happy. Um, yeah. And, you know, I just, I, I'm a true believer that the most productive team is a happy team. And also when you've yeah. got that person that is really obvious they're not happy, they can almost be like a poison throughout the rest of the team. So, and you can't have everyone perfect all the time. I get that. And everyone has, has bad days. But if everyone's got some bad days, as we all do, as long as you're all driving for that end goal together, then you're going to have those. But you all know where you're going. You're all going, you know, the same place on the bus. And you just got to look after your staff. You know, that's the thing. That, that's why I keep saying the staff. Going on the bus, you know where we're going. At the end, we're going to get off the bus and we're all going to get ice creams. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> all right, yeah. what is a uh, a book, uh, a podcast, some resource that you've gotten a lot out of personally that you think um, our salon owners should read or listen to? Uh, you've got to got to read um, Simon Sinek. Um, watch uh, there's a YouTube video called The Golden Circle. It's about ten fifteen minutes long. Um, fantastic. But um, he's also got a couple of books. Um, one's called Start with Why, and the other one's Find Your Why. And um, literally, he talks about uh, different organisations. You know, looking at Apple, looking at uh, the Wright brothers, why they you know took flight. Um, you know, why are all these people um, so successful? Why are the organizations successful? And he says it's because they know their why and everyone that works there knows the why and the clients know their why because mm. people buy why they don't buy what. Great. All right. I really appreciated your uh, wisdom, sharing your wisdom with us from a <laughs> salon owner's point of view, but from a... I'm going to say it, serial entrepreneur's point of view. <laughs> um, telling your story, being clear on your why, um, pretending like you're the employee, not the owner, and keeping things simple. Yeah. So uh, where can people come and stalk you and um, definitely have a look at Koha? Yeah, sure. Um, 
So on Instagram uh, and Facebook, it's at Hayley, uh, H-A-Y-L-E-E dot Benton, B-E-N-T-O-N. And uh, so you can look at a few things. Um, we've got Koha Clinics, so that's at Koha Clinics, uh, at, at Alchemy and I, uh, and at Cecily Day Spa. Wonderful. I really appreciate you getting up early to meet me. Uh, you're so uh, welcome. Shame I didn't have wine, but a coffee will have to do today. Well, you could have done wine, but maybe it not, does it? Maybe not. No, I think people would have thought it might have a problem. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Haley. Thank you. Cheers, Larissa. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much, Haley, for joining me today. Not only is Haley a really good friend of mine, but we do love to talk all things business and entrepreneurship over a good glass of wine. And I really do appreciate that. Thank you, Haley. And it's such a shame you're so, so, so far away. Now, have you joined in or have you heard about my 12 weeks till Christmas countdown? It just started recently. And we all know that the silly season is a little bit more crazy than it is silly in the hair and beauty industry at Christmas time. Luckily, our 12 weeks till Christmas countdown will help you each week take a little bit of the stress away from the Christmas cray cray. Uh, and I want to help you keep some sanity as we enter 2020. That's right, 2020 is right around the corner. It's knocking on our door. And I want you all to arrive in 2020 without wanting to throw in the towel of running a business and instead hit the ground running. I'm taking you from, through some must-have ideas, go-to tips and tricks, some downloadable resources for you to get involved in and to keep sane in an insane period. I'll be going live each Monday in the lead up to Christmas, so don't miss it. Come and join me in the Salon Owners Collective private Facebook group. Uh, I'm live each Monday, and I'm going to put the link in the show notes, so don't worry, it's not too late to sign up, and I look forward to seeing you there. Otherwise, I shall see you same time, same place next week. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Tune in each week as we reveal the latest insight and advice on what it takes to make your salon a success today. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast on iTunes or visit us online at salonownerscollective.com for answers to your common questions, to follow Larissa and much more. Thanks for listening. See you next time.